Welcome to Hard Stop, talking marketing, tech, business, and more with industry leaders and game changers. On this episode, we're going to tackle performance royalties from the artist perspective. So much time and energy is spent on licensing, music licensing, paying the rights to be able to play a song in a public space. Well, once those fees are paid for music licensing, what would it be like to get a performance royalty from that money? I'm Adam Ritz, and today I'm talking with Dean Daughtry. He's a founding member and keyboardist for Atlanta Rhythm Section. He wrote the monster hits So Into You and Imaginary Lover that were both in the top 10 in the late 1970s. And Dean is going to share with us his insights on performance royalties and when his songs are used in television and movies. I wrote most of our hits or co-wrote them and uh, I know my performance royalties are sort of exploding, you might say. They're going up a lot compared to what they were 10 years ago. How do, you know, just curious for a novice, how does that work? Do you just walk to the mailbox and there's a, a, a check from BMI ASCAP that's got a royalty check uh, in there yeah, for you? Yeah, basically. Or? Uh, now you can get them. If you, I haven't done it yet. i got to do it where you can get it directly put in your bank account. A digital but geez, I like positive. going to the mailbox and being surprised. <laughs> really? So, yeah, I like it when it comes in the mailbox. It's just a total surprise. And now it's your hard stop host, Adam Ritz. Dean Daughtry joining us from Atlanta Rhythm Section. Dean, when your songs that you wrote and performed on Imaginary Lover and So Into You, when those charted in the top 10, how did it change your career? Well, we did start touring. We had a, uh, I'm trying to remember the agency. It was the agency down at Capricorn that was booking us. Uh, Phil Wald, and I can't remember the guy's name that was booking us. It was a big agency. I mean, they booked all, you know, the, the Almond Brothers and all the people that was working there with Phil Walden, who was their manager. Uh, and then we started working a lot. I mean, at least... 200 days a year. Oh, that's busy. We'd work, we'd go out for like 20 days, 25 days at the time, and then come home for just a few, and then go back out. It was hard, but we were young. Yeah, you can handle it when you, it's amazing what your body can take when you're young. (laughs) Yeah, and it was fun. We enjoyed it, and the people we played with, we played with uh, every, probably every group in the world. We've done shows with everybody, you know, uh. Uh, for example, Van Halen, we did some shows. We were on the same show with them, and the Doobie Brothers, we've been on the same show. Anyhow, they, let me get back to the point here about uh, Oakland, California. Okay. All this stuff's going through my mind. The memories are coming back now. In Oakland, it was uh, us, Farter, Hart, the Cars, and Fly Like an Eagle. What is his name? Oh, Steve Miller. I can't think of the name sometimes. Steve but, Miller yeah. Band. That was Steve Miller. Steve Miller actually went on last, but I don't know why the Eagles didn't. And uh, we went on before Foreigner, or before Harder, any of them, because we were right in the middle of a hit. Yeah, that was in '77. Oh the man, Knowing you was just climbing up the charts. My, that's a that's a concert. If you if somehow anybody listening invents a time machine, look up that show in Oakland in 1977. Yeah. Day on the Green was the name of it. Our guest is Dean Daughtry from Atlanta Rhythm Section. Have you seen um, an uptick in, I guess, uh, 
bookings, gigs, downloads of your albums or your songs. I mean, there's a generation yeah. uh, of people that, that uh, hadn't even heard of Atlanta Rhythm Section five years ago. I'm talking like 25, 30, 35-year-old people. Uh, people my age, I remember your songs and your hits from when I was younger. Of course I do. But uh, there's a new generation that's just getting into this. Um, uh, was there like a time period between, I don't know, let's say 1995 and 2010 where nothing was really going on? And then all of a sudden yeah, now here recently, right. in the last couple of years, you're getting bookings all the time. Yeah, bookings. And uh, I, I wrote most of our hits or co-wrote them, and uh, I know my performance royalties are sort of exploding, you might say. They're going up a lot compared to what they were 10 years ago. How do, you know? Just curious for a novice, how does that work? Do you just walk to the mailbox and there's a, a, a check from BMI ASCAP that's got a royalty check in there uh, yeah, for you? Basically, or? Uh, now you can get them. If you, I haven't done it yet. i got to do it where you can get it directly put in your bank account. A digital but these, I like deposit. going to the mailbox and being surprised. <laughs> <laughs> really. And used to, we could, uh, you know, mechanical royalties, we could uh, call Sony and find out what we were going to make out of our next check, but they won't even, they don't even do that now. You can't even find out what your next check's going to be. So, yeah, I like it when it comes in the mailbox. It's just a total surprise. So there's no, it's not like every two weeks, it's just when... A certain amount of crews, they, they'll compile the royalties, put it on a check, and mail it to you. Every six months. Every they six months. They, they, they will mail them to you every six months. And our catalog was not only did uh, Michael Jackson buy up Elvis's catalog and a few other people, he bought ours because our stuff is on Sony ATV. That's who sends me the checks for the songs that I wrote. The Michael Jackson estate. Oh, owns the Atlanta. Yeah, Rhythm I don't know songs. if he knew that he was actually buying back. Probably did. Maybe he did. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he got the Atlanta Rhythm Section catalog there too. Huh. <laughs> I like that. I'm proud of that. You I know, really am. I, I was watching a, uh, a movie, and uh, of course, it's going to escape my mind right now. But uh, it was kind of a bar scene. There was uh, the star of the movie was in a bar, and the song they were playing in the overhead speakers, like the background song, was. Uh, so into you by Atlanta Rhythm Section. When a television show or a movie uses one of your songs, do they contact you first to? Uh, no, they contact the publisher, and then and then that's part of that royalty check you get every six months. Yeah, that was Sony. Uh, know what they did with that? With, that was the Fighter, by the way. The movie, the Fighter. That was uh, Christian Bale, and uh, yeah, Christian Bale played his brother. You know, the dumb guy that was on drugs and everything in the movie. And that movie was called The Fighter? The Fighter, and it came in okay. uh, in the top ten movies of the year. Do you so I was real proud of that. Do you and recall... we've been in other movies. You, you read my mind. I was going to ask if you recalled any other movies that uh, your songs have been featured in. Oh, yeah. Uh, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and, and, Which scene and is it? Put, I love that movie. That might have been the movie I was thinking of, to be honest with you. Yeah, they played the whole. No, you talking about a barroom scene. That was uh, definitely the fighter. You could barely hear the uh, the recording, our record, but you could still hear it. You knew what it was. But Twenty One Jump Street, I think they were. I saw it a little bit of it. it they were in a truck driving, and they had the radio going and played so into you and they played almost the whole I think they played really the whole song and you could hear everything and 
it was just great. That is and great. A, Imaginary Lovers been in some movies. Uh, it's been a long time ago. I'm an old man now. I'm losing my, my memory. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I still love music. Dean Daughtry is our guest from Atlanta Rhythm Section. We've been talking about Imaginary Lover and and So Into You and and the movies and television that uh, those songs have been featured in. Uh, I mean, let's talk about when you were a kid. So what kind of uh, upbringing did you have? Well, I was raised by basically my, my mother and I lived with my grandparents. My father was in the Army, but he would come by when he could, you know, once a year for two years because he would be overseas he he had a career in the army what did uh, your dad think being a military man of his uh son getting into music oh he loved it i remember when i went on tour with roy orbison had to get a passport i went to visit him he was stationed at uh fort shell what is that one in augusta i can't remember but anyhow he took me out there to get my picture taken for the passport and get my shots and all that stuff he was excited about it. Well, heck yeah. I mean, if his son's going to go play with Roy Orbison, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, he was a big fan of Roy's, too. Yeah, he liked Roy. Roy had one of them kind of voices that Paris would like. It was very pretty and just beautiful voice. So what year was that when you were playing with Roy Orbison? Uh, the first year, let's see, when was that? That was in, just right out of high school. I would say about 1965. Did you stay in touch with uh, with Roy Orbison and like he he, he well, noticed? Hey, this kid now has some some top hits in the late seventies with Atlanta Rhythm Section. Yeah, the, we did. We occasionally we would run in each other. Of course, we, the, as the Candyman, we were always working even without him. And then the Atlanta Rhythm Section, and we worked constantly. We, if we weren't writing. We were in the studio or playing gigs, you know, it was constant. So we saw him occasionally. I remember one time we saw him in Memphis right after he married Barbara Orbison, his wife. And, uh, you know, we saw him in the hotel room we were staying at. He came by to see us. And he played in Atlanta one time and uh, at Mama's Country Showcase. And he wanted me to go there, but I had something else. I could not make it, and I have felt bad about not making it, you know, <laughs> to see that show with him. He personally invited me. <laughs> it was a great thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can imagine. Did you ever see his glasses on the table and just try them on? Oh, yes, I have, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he had bad, I mean, his eyes were like, he was like, I guess you would say he was he probably could see to read without glasses real easy, but, you know, distance things, he, I believe it's what it was, yeah. No, I couldn't see very well out of his glasses. But uh, I can tell you a little story about that, why he started wearing his sunglasses regular, rather than his regular glasses. Buddy Holly told him that he looked better. He ought to just wear sunglasses all the time. Buddy Holly. Oh, that's fantastic. You, Buddy Holly tells you to do something, you do it. Yeah, that is he so did cool. It. He, he wore them ever since, you know, from the time he was told. he I never saw him with just regular playing glasses. Our guest is Dean Daughtry from Atlanta Rhythm Section. And in the old days uh, of my radio career, I used to work at uh, a modern rock station. And there was a band called the Bloodhound Gang. And they had one of their songs that they sampled uh, Spooky. Are you familiar with the Bloodhound Gang or the song that they sampled from Spooky? 
No, I'm not. Not really. I mean, it's uh, it's downright. It, it's almost a cover song. I mean, they they took the nearly the entire riff, the entire song, "Spooky," and uh, made it into one of their songs. So I'm sure every time uh, an alt station, a modern rock station, plays that song, even to this day, I bet that's part of your royalty check you get. Well, I don't know. It probably is, but I didn't write "Spooky." But I guess it doesn't matter if they use some of the music he played as an artist. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's kind of complicated how all this stuff is. Yeah, I have got the, my publishing back on uh, some of the songs that I wrote. Like uh, "I'm Not Gonna Let It Bother Me Tonight" and uh, seven songs. And "Imaginary Lover" was one of them. That was the biggest one. And uh, I got my publishing share back from Sony because the time was up on it. Uh, the time is, I believe, 35 years. It used to be 50 uh-huh. before you could, it would revert back to you, but now it's just 35, and those things are old. And it, it just freaks me out, like I was telling you about the mailbox checks. These things are old. <laughs> I mean, 35, 40 years old, and we're keeping it alive. I mean, it's smooth, and uh, we love it. Our listeners love it. They love uh, the Atlanta Rhythm Section. Uh, for the music connoisseur that's listening that uh, is 45, 50 years old, that uh, used to listen to alternative rock when uh, they were in their early 20s or late 20s, uh, check that out from Bloodhound Gang, uh, the song they sampled. I certainly will. There you have it. That's uh, right from the, the Atlanta Rhythm Section's Horse's Mouth on the, the hits, mouth. The, the songs. <laughs> Uh, the legacy that is Atlanta Rhythm Section. It's just it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Dean. Uh, again, you can go to AtlantaRhythmSection.com for more information. Uh, you're still touring, obviously. You're on the '70s Rock and Romance Cruise. How many uh, dates a year do you do for our listeners to be able to look for you to come to a town near them? I think we probably play, probably play about fifty or sixty. That's or maybe a lot. A few more, but yeah, we we work you know a few days every month. Yeah. You need to take a break. My wife won't let me retire. <laughs> she won't. Oh, I said, honey, I'm 71 years old. Can I retire? No, you can't retire. <laughs> not, not with that check coming did. in the mailbox every six months. That's right. Dean Daughtry, I know you've got a hard stop coming up. It's just been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you for sharing your insights on music royalties and music publishing. Thank you, and I have really thoroughly enjoyed it. We've come to a hard stop. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends to download and listen to all Hard Stop shows at hardstopshow.com or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. I've got a hard stop, and this voiceover session is over.